Hello everyone, this is Renee So Unique and thank you so much for tuning in to No Tea, Just Me podcast. This podcast is going to be a lot shorter and the topic for today is grieving while healing. And what I want to first start talking about is today when I found out that my son had passed. When I found out that my son had passed, my mother had called me and she was in tears and she was crying and I really couldn't make out what she was saying. But as soon as she told me that my son had passed away, that he had passed in his sleep, it felt like my whole entire body just started going numb where I paused, like I just could not breathe. It was almost like I did not exhale at all. And as soon as I was able to process what had happened to him, that he's no longer with me, I started having this real bad pain in my stomach, right in the pit of my stomach. And it just started hurting real bad. It felt like labor pain from the night when I gave birth to him. It's so hard to explain. And I can't even explain it to any female unless they had, you know, lost a child themselves. And that pain was like throbbing in my stomach. And I felt like I was going into like a contraction. And it felt like I was in labor. And it's crazy. That type of pain that I was enduring when I found out that I lost my son. And I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to function. I didn't know (laughs) really where to begin after I felt like I had lost everything. And it just felt like a piece of me just fell off. Just one whole piece of me just fell off. Like I no longer felt like I was myself. And God must have gave me this added strength that I didn't even know that I can even have because my mom was not able to help me because she was like in a state of shock and she was so hurt that she just could not help me with the planning of anything. And I really didn't even know what I was going to do uh, when it comes to um, planning for a funeral or anything like that. And then I said, oh, my God, what I'm going to do? Because I never thought in a million years that my child would go before me. And I didn't have insurance on my child. And it's like the Holy Spirit was whispering in my ear and letting me know step one, step two, step three of what to do because otherwise if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit being within me, I would have not known what to do. I probably would have freaked out and just gave up. And unfortunately, I didn't have not one family member that was there to help me with the planning with my child. I didn't have anybody to come to my house to check up on me. I didn't have anyone that like how they did years ago back in your family when someone passed, the whole family get together, they bring food over, and they help you with the planning so you wouldn't have to do everything by yourself. But unfortunately, 
Unfortunately, I had to do everything by myself. I had to do everything alone. And I became bitter a little because I didn't have that support system. My bow did as much as he could, but I'm just saying when it came to family, I didn't have that support system that I really needed. And like I said before, God must have already knew that that was going to happen. So God gave me the footsteps to take and just like was just feeding footnotes inside my head. And so I was able to do step one, step two, step three when it came to the planning for my son. And so when I knew that I didn't have the money, I decided to start a GoFundMe. Don't get me wrong. There's some people that questioned me about me raising money because they was like, okay, well, she's supposed to be a plus size model. She's supposed to have all this money of all these things that she had posted on Facebook where she traveled and she did this and she had all these clothes and da 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 How she not have no money for her son? Well, the only thing that I can say about that is that things happen. And when, pan- when the pandemic hit, a lot of people was affected financially. And I say that this is not the time for us to start judging people and start looking into people's pockets because a lot of people had took a a, a, a financial toll and went into a financial struggle since the pandemic because we was on lockdown for a year and a half. So it happens. So I had to swallow my pride to... Um, start a GoFundMe account and ask people to donate. And the ones that did donate, I am so appreciative, excuse me, to this day, I am so appreciative to them for really coming through for me. And all my Facebook sisters came through for me and they didn't question me or anything like that. They really came through and they really did what they could to share the link and, and start telling people, donate, donate, donate. And I'm so appreciative that they really came through for me to this day. And I pray to this day that God sent out a blessing to them. That a blessing, a huge blessing come their way for just being obedient to God and really helped me when I was in need. And what really hurt me and, and, and made me a little bitter because I had an actual pastor. I'm not going to give out any names because I don't do that. That's one thing I'm not going to do on my podcast is put people Uh, names out there or throw people up under the bus. I'm not going to do that. But it was one person that had questioned me. That's a pastor that actually um, questioned me saying, well, you said that you reached your goal. So what happened? Why you saying that you needed more money? Because people are going to think that you're mismanaging the money. And I'm, (laughs) if it was the old Renee, I would have had questioned her and really got an attitude and thinking like, what is she talking about? And I probably would have said, what are you talking about? You think I'm going to really mismanage money or spend money when it's, for, when it's for my son? You think I'm going to sit there and try to get rich off of my son? And I just lost my child. And I'm feeling like I'm about to just crawl up on a walk somewhere. And you think I'm going to mismanage money or I'm going to get rich off of my son? Are you crazy? But no, I held my tongue 
and said it peacefully like, no, that things happen. And when I went to Mausoleum, when she started to calculate everything, I was $700 in a hole. So I had to continue to keep the GoFundMe account open. And after I dealt with all of that, I was not able to take a time out to collect myself. I did not get a chance to get any counseling. I didn't get a chance to cry. I didn't get a chance to grieve or anything of that matter. And then I had to set up with the ceremony, with the balloon release and everything. And there was a certain person that showed their butt at the ceremony, but I still had to hold my composure the whole entire time. I could not fall. I could not break down. It was like the Holy Spirit was just lifting me up when I just wanted to fall to my knees. And I feel like I had the strength of my grandmother because that that was the way my grandmother was. She never broke in front of people. She never broke down in front of people. She stands strong so she can get the work done. And I think that's what I did even when I had to go to the funeral home and uh, sign the papers for my son to be cremated, which is something I did not want to do because I believe in burial. But it took a pastor to tell me that you can't think that way because God do know our hearts. God knows when we're trying. God knows when we're doing our best. And don't let anyone make you think that you're not doing your best when you know that you're doing your best. God knows that you're doing your best. And that, excuse me, and do not let anybody that gets in that religion to make you feel less of a person because you had to do something that you really not want to do, but that was, that was your best. And God knows when we do our best. God knows. But what I wanted to say is that it also hurt me that there was so many um, certain pastors that I knew and not one time that these pastors that I knew check on me, call me, ask me, is there anything that they can do? Can I pray for you or anything like that? And I just was in shock. Like, wow, this is where we came. I mean, this is how far we came in 2021 that pastors don't show any humility or show compassion when you lost your child, when you had just lost your child. And it took a reverend of my old church that I never met before. And God laid it on his heart where he actually came out and said some words and spoke at my son's ceremony. And I am very grateful for that. And I'm grateful for um, the lady that first baptized my child with, um, I mean, her, her husband baptized my child. Um, when my son was 13 years old, he had got baptized. No, no, I'm sorry. I take it back. He was 12 years old when he got baptized. And I was so thankful for that because my son was the one that decided to be baptized. No one had forced him into it. And she reached out to me and she gave me some encouragement words. And I am so thankful for the people that did come into my life and really became supportive because people that I know personally and family, (laughs) 
they was not there for me. They did not come to check on me at all to see if I'm still hanging in there. It's just crazy. And I'm a little hurt as I'm talking. So I'm not going to have this podcast go on for too long because I'm still hurt. (laughs) I'm still healing. Because it was some messed up stuff that was going on behind Facebook. And like I said before, the guilt started eating away at me at the same time when I was planning. I started feeling like a bad mother. I felt like I should have had done more for my son as a mother. I wanted to look at myself in the mirror and say, you are so stupid. Why didn't you fight for your child? Why you didn't go over there to check on him and you know, so forth and so forth. And I'm just going to be transparent. I was going through my own uh, spiritual warfare and the adversary just kept messing with me. And I had to get up like five o'clock in the morning just to pray. And I didn't get no sleep at night. And so when my son used to call me, I was sleeping. I didn't even answer the phone because all through the whole night, it was like the adversary just kept messing with me. And I didn't even get a chance to even be there for my son. And then with this whole mess about COVID, the governor saying we can't visit family. And then my anxiety started getting in the way. It was just so much mess that was going on with me mentally where I just could not even be there for my son. And my own family members, they was being so mean. Not all my family members. I'm not saying all, just a few was being so mean to my son. Just being so mean to him. And they knew he had an issue with PTSD. They knew that. And I even told them that he had an issue of being a hoarder back when he was little. But they continued to be negative to him. And that pissed me off so deeply. That parent, I mean, not parents, but that blood that your own people can sit up there and say mean, negative things to your child. When my mother was the type of person that never turned nobody away when it came to her home. Anybody that needed a place to stay, my mother opened her home to everyone. And I cannot believe that family can be like that and be so ugly acting to my son when I couldn't be there for him to help him when he really needed me to. And it's just a light that was just going on, and I just cried out to God and said, God, help me, Lord Jesus. And my son was just going through so much, and and, and he was dealing with the addiction of pain pills, and people think it's a street, a street thing, and it's not. When my son had that issue from his football injury, when he broke the tibia during, uh, of his leg during football practice. And these doctors never did a follow-up on him. I don't understand why doctors does things like that, but that's a whole new topic where they give prescription drugs and they don't check on the person, but they'll just continue to do refills and refills of habit-forming drugs, and they don't do any type of follow-up, which is crazy. But I'm going to check into that because that's crazy. That shouldn't have never happened. And so when a person does uh, get into um, pain pills, it can lead to other things. But I'm not going to get into that. 
But like I said before, as a grieving mother, so much things go inside your head. And it's like you don't even know if you're coming or going. And it's like it takes a tragedy to see how people really are. You know who is for you and who is not for you. You get a rule awakening that quickly. And what I wanted to say before I end this podcast to parents is that do not allow the street to manipulate your children to make it seem as if they have family out there in the street. No, you as a parent, you be there for your child when your child needs someone to talk to. Don't be so quick to get angry with your child. You don't want your child to get to a point where they start hiding things from you. Make yourself available to be able to be there for your child physically and mentally. Be supportive of your child. Pour life into your child. Make it where you have a calm tone in your voice where your child feel like they can come to you about anything and not be scared to come to you because I know and I'm guilty of that in the past where we be so angry and bitter all the time where it gets to a point like our children like what dad she you know mama or dad always bitter and and arguing all the time. I can't go to them about this because they look like they're going to bite my head off every time I say something. You don't want to be that type of parent. And then it gets to a point where your child don't want to even talk to you when they're going through stuff. I'm not saying be your child friend because we have to be a parent, not a friend. We have to be a parent. But you want to be able to allow yourself to be available to your kids where You have a calm tone to your voice where they can come to you about anything. You don't want them to start learning this crap that's going on in the streets because there's a lot of demons out there in the street. There's a lot of spirits running around in the street where these people are miserable. And they always said that misery loves company. You don't want that for your child. Pour life into your child because there's people out there that's being so negative to your child, calling them names, saying they not no good, and still they're being mean to them for no reason, even when they're trying. You don't want to have your child to be feeding off of that negativity. Pour life into your child. Tell them that you're proud of them. Tell them that um, you're happy to see that they're getting involved in the extracurricular, you know, act, like activities at school and that they are showing interest in things. And, and, and just be a positive role model to your child because they need that. And I wish that I could have did things differently as a mother. But, you know, my son's not here. But I believe... In my heart that my son gained his wings where he's resting in peace with, you know, our Lord and Savior. That he's resting in in God's arms. But that doesn't stop me for swallowing my hurt and pride and pain 
and suffering where I can be an advocate and I can be a motivational speaker and talk to parents and, and, and really tell them, like, start talking to your child. And if there's a parent that having issues with their child, they are more likely, I mean, they are more than welcome to reach out to me, inbox me if you want, and we'll talk about it. And I'll be there. I'm not a counselor. I don't have license, but I have experience from losing a child. So if anybody's going through something with their child, you can inbox me on Facebook anytime and I'll be there. Well, I'm going to end this podcast and thank you so much for tuning in for the ones that listen. This is Renee Soenix signing out. Mwah.